<laughs> hey, buddy. There he is. How's it going? Hey, I'm good, man. Do you mind if... Uh, can you see me? Yeah, I can see you just fine. All right. Do you mind if I record on the Zoom as well, just in case? No, Even no though... it's good to have a backup. Yeah. Okay, we're rolling. I got everything rolling. Don't I look official here? Look at me. You do. I like it. Uh, I think you sound great. But quickly, how, are you, how have you been, man? I'm sorry I missed your first email. I thought you were just another random person reaching out. When I when I put, connected the dots, I was like, Wesley! I, well, let me actually share, you know, and I said on the, the email was you, even though you didn't recognize because we knew each other, you sent a video message back, you shared, uh, and I'm looking at you on the screen over here if it looks like I'm not looking at you, but yeah. you shared, here's what men's group's all about. And I, I hope uh, you consider it. I, you've shared a little bit of information about yourself. You might this might be right for you. Um, th that was very nice, and and I didn't. There was no judgment because I work with a lot of students, and I I understand names sometimes. It it can take a second. So yeah, let me set the stage for anybody listening, and thank you for doing this. So. Sean, we met years ago in Los Angeles through a mutual friend, mm -hmm. and you were running the uh, you were running basically a men's group essentially. Mm -hmm. You've been doing this for many years, and I I met through your men's group, even though I wasn't part of it. A lot of fascinating, unique guys, and then here I am in East Tennessee. I'm two two years married, um, school counselor, and one of my growth goals is. Uh, connect more with guys. It seems that's what really, I've said this, this is kind of maybe my easy way out. It's what smart people do. Uh, they, they take time to connect with other, with a community and there's something special about a community of guys. So on your Facebook, because we're friends on Facebook, I see men's group, I go to your page, says have a chat with the guys. And then here you are. Um, and so I reconnected. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to join and I think I'm about to get started. Yeah, I'm really happy you reached out, man, and and it's I love when people circle back around and people from different parts of my life and and they're like, hey, this is interesting, you know, for for a couple of reasons, you know, you're 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 a you're a counselor yourself and and uh, also for your own life needing a men's group, I think it's great, and I was just really stoked to hear from you. Here's one of the reasons I wanted I've so I've done 40 podcasts and awesome. uh, I've had one guest, one guest really, so your guest number two. Great, I'm honored. And my thing is anxiety. That's I've had a history of panic attacks, a history of anxiety. Yeah. And one of the things with anxiety is you don't just get to focus on anxiety. It's almost like happiness. It's a byproduct of other areas of your life. So I, I would say, for example, men's group, which I want to hear all about, if I have that element, that community in place in my life, it's possible happiness might be up, anxiety might be down. Is that fair? Yeah, well, you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the psychological pyramid as far as that explains what humans need to feel fulfilled. And yeah, number, I think it's number three is community, you know, love, community, connection. Um, you know, they say uh, social isolation is worse for you than chain smoking. So, man, yeah, there's a, uh, some good evidence, like actual full-on peer-reviewed research that suggests that, you know, we need community. We need connection. We need to be talking about our lives with other people. I was 
I was reading your about me section and let I'll start kind of with you know what you're currently doing and then I want to I want to get into your story sure is uh it's it's mensgroup.com what what yeah. what is it tell me a little bit more about it cuz I know you do when I'm joining it's it's 4 hours of we uh, a month per of meetings is that fair yeah yeah it's basically two meetings a month so one every second week and the, the little meetings typically last for two hours sometimes they go over because they're uh the guys enjoy talking so much they can go two and a half three hours sometimes um but basically we just uh we just run approachable men's groups you know i found that a lot of men's groups out there were uh doing good work and and trying their best to help solve the problem of isolation for men and solve some of the uh, you know, scary stats like the suicide rate being, you know, 80% men and incarceration rate being 99% men and all these things, homeless rate, really high men, you know. And so they're doing good work, but they, they, they're they positioning, they're, they're, they're explaining what they do in kind of kooky ways, you know, a lot of ceremony, a lot of spiritual stuff wrapped yeah. around it, a lot of... Uh, woo. Yeah, woo and stuff like that, you know. And, and, and so I was looking around at my guy friends after I ran the men's group for entrepreneurs, which you which you got to know. Um, and, uh, and I was like, I started asking my guy friends, I'm like, why, why haven't you been involved in a men's group? And they're like, ah, it just seems kind of, you know, it just seems kind of weird. But these guys love talking about life with me one-on-one. Mm-hmm. -on -one. So I was like, ah, oh, there's a disconnect there. And I looked around and I just found that all the men's groups out there were quite unapproachable. And so we, so I launched mensgroup.com. We run uh, online men's groups for normal guys that just want to have a chat about life. Um, a lot of times guys are showing up just to talk about, uh, you know, communication, their relationship, uh, um, uh, the ending of a relationship or a divorce, uh, yeah. uh, managing their emotions. A lot of guys are trying to get into that. Um, uh, setting boundaries, nice guy syndrome. Been uh, there. Being a, better, being a bit, yeah, same. I mean, all of these things have been there. <laughs> it's almost as if I, I had to, you know, as a young adult, start figuring all these areas out that I, I felt like I didn't receive any sort of education or training in and they're kind of the most important areas of life by the way i know we have a little bit of delay here i'll just work with it we've got the audio so <clears throat> yeah i don't have much delay on my end so oh hopefully, cool hopefully, hopefully this works out fine sure, but, sure. Uh, yeah uh yeah the, surprisingly after launching men's group and dot com and running you know uh hundreds of groups it's like the number one reason why guys are attending these things is because they feel they don't have access to any healthy male role models. And a lot of them didn't grow up with a dad, or if they did, they didn't talk about anything. And then they grow up and they have friends, but their friends don't really want to get into this stuff. And they've tried to talk to guys at work about this stuff and they didn't get good reactions. And so, yeah, it just seems like a lot of guys don't have access to this kind of a thing. Is it a little bit like the perception of online dating 10 to 15 years ago? Like, oh, really? You're going to do that? And, but it's super beneficial and it makes sense. Well, this is what I, this is what I got excited about when I started a men's group. I realized that I have an opportunity to change the dogma around men's groups, the stigma that men's groups are lame or that they're for losers, you know, or they're for guys who are struggling, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned that we met through the previous men's group I did. In that men's group, a lot of those guys went on to be some of the most successful men of our generation. Incredible. Like the, the guys, yeah, the guys who are running the podcasts, who have the biggest YouTube shows, who are on TV and on 
all these huge TV shows and stuff and, and written, written all the books that we read. And, and I observed, I, I got to watch them build themselves up by talking it through with other people, identifying a challenge in their life, personal or business, whatever, and then workshopping it with the guys. And then, so I, I saw firsthand that a men's group was a tool. It was a tool to help, help men win. And this is why big companies have boardrooms, right? They come together, right. they help each other make decisions. Um, and so I, I now see men's groups as like a tool for winners. Because if you've identified a challenge in your life and you go and find resources to help with that, like what is more masculine than that, right? That's like taking action. Absolutely. You know? Incredible. Now you have a number of men's groups that you run because obviously there's a lot of people who are aware and participate in men's group. How do you take somebody who comes in and, and place them in a group? And isn't it, what what size of a group are we looking at? Yeah, it's great. Great questions, man. Uh, to answer your first question. So we, I realized early on in running men's groups and I started maybe like, I, th I think it was about 10 years ago with the men's group you mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we, I realized that the, uh, there's a lot of value in curating the groups, matchmaking, you know, because a 19-year-old guy who wants to learn how to set boundaries with dating is going to want to talk about very different things than a guy who's 80, who just, who's 85, who's retired, and his friends are passing away, and he doesn't know how to manage that, right? And so, mm -hmm. like, they can learn from each other, but it's better if you're with guys in your life stage who are facing similar challenges. And so, you know, a guy will sign up for your men's group, you know, he'll pay the membership due. Uh, that's to take care of organizational costs. And then we'll get him to fill out a short profile about, you know, what his goals are and what challenges he has and, and um, you know, figure out his age and stuff like that. And we'll then match make and, and find the best group for him that works with his schedule. And then, so when, when the group starts, you know, you come in, it's on Zoom, you know, mm -hmm. there will be between eight and 12 people. We generally place 12 to 13 people in our men's groups. The reason why is because we like to be casual. We, we, we don't want to force people into commitment. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of men's groups out there are like, you got to commit, bro. Mm -hmm. You got to commit. Yeah. You, know, you got to be there every, and that's just not realistic, right? Life comes up, family stuff is more important. Um, Work can be more important at times. And so uh, we stack the groups with 12 people. And then typically about eight or nine show up, which is a really nice number. Okay. And yeah. in a meeting, because it, you make me think of a mastermind where yes. there's many different formats. Is it different formats per group? Or is there kind of a structure to each group that you have kind of patented and yeah? There's a structure that we've been using for the last few years that seems so simple. And guys, guys, people on the outside always ask me, well, why don't you like bring topics into it or why don't you change it up? And the reason why is why is because I think I've just fallen into what's most valuable for these guys that want to show up and talk about their lives. And that is that to just give them an opportunity to talk about what's on their mind right now. You know, not Present. let's discuss this topic that might not apply to them not let's discuss this current affair that might not apply to them or the social movement. It's like, Hey man, what's going on in your life right now? And so our format is simple. We go around the circle. Well, we banter for a few minutes. I typically try to get guys laughing and, you know, we talk about whatever's going on in our lives and that, that, that makes it easy to come in and join, uh, especially if it's your first time. And then uh, we'll, we'll go around the circle and do intros. So for two minutes, 
guys will uh, share highs and lows from the last few weeks hmm. since last meeting. And they'll, they'll share a couple of details about that. And then at the end of that, I'll ask them, hey, is there an issue or opportunity you'd like to get into today? And they might say, no, this week I'm pretty good. I'm just here to listen in and support the guys. Or they might say something like, yeah, I got into it with my wife again. And I said something I regret and I really don't mm -hmm. want to do that moving. Or they might say, yeah, I have this thing at work or, you know, I, I have this thing with my son or whatever. So then we'll spend the rest of the meeting. Basically, the intros are half an hour and then the rest of the meeting is an hour and a half. We'll spend the rest of the meeting just supporting the guys around whoever needs it. So uh -huh. a guy will then you know, who brought up an issue you'd like to get into. We'll just share more details about it. And then we'll get perspective and guidance from the other guys. And uh, you're not allowed to give advice. You're not allowed to tell people what to do. It's just, wow. um, you know, guys will share, say, hey, hey, I've been through something similar, which yes. feels great to hear, right? Mm -hmm. So relieving to hear that because a lot of times we think we're the only ones with our problems. And then, and then the guys will share their personal experiences. And then, you know, that, that perspective can really help guys navigate their own challenges. It, yeah, it's just, I, I really believe in the power of the group. I've shared on, on my podcast before, I did I do stories every week about someone who is, has overcome anxiety or someone who offers an anxiety service, and I kind of do a review about that. But I, I shared about myself, and I went, one of the things I did was, in the number of health strategies I looked for was a 12-step program, and... Um, and the connections and the group that I got from that was unbelievable. So I've now been married two years. And before I got married, I thought, do I want to get married? Why get married? Because I grew up in the Bible Belt in the South, and this is just the next thing you do. And, yeah. and as I was researching marriage, which doesn't that make me sound smart? I kind of feel good by, to say that. Researching marriage, that it said, <laughs> you better have some people in your why do we put so much on our spouse our significant other they have to be the best friend and this and that and and so when when my currently when my wife and I I start leaning on her for support in an area I also ask myself the question do I have someone I can outsource this to one of the guys mm -hmm. one of my team members and um I, just getting that outside person it does not matter how how train how much we train our brains if we're emotionally involved in a dispute we got to get some outside perspective and i can't imagine like a group of guys who are going to keep it real with you and offer their experience and i know the type of guys you get together you know the type of guys you put together which is incredibly difficult i hope you have a team working for you because yes yeah, so we yes we do yeah we, we got a big team now oh fantastic and you're based yeah. out of canada yeah, I'm in, I'm in Squamish, which is a little mountain town outside Vancouver, B.C. Yeah. Is that is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm from Vancouver. Grew up in Vancouver. And then uh, Squamish in particular has great kite surfing and mountain biking and climbing and hiking. So I, I love the outdoor stuff, and so that's why I'm here, yeah. I notice the uh, the coat right now. What sort of weather are we looking at? <laughs> well, it went from being really warm to quite cold. Not like fall and winter cold, but the change is a little startling, so that's why I'm wearing the, wearing the puffy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather yeah. be down where you are right now, to be honest. But what are you gonna do? You seem like in the past a guy who you were all over the place. Are you? Are, well, it's COVID times. Are you still traveling a lot? Or are you just kind of a little more set where you are? No, well, I was traveling a lot, both for work and just for fun, um, and also just to escape my anxiety. To be honest, like I felt like I always had to keep moving. Um, 
and and then I got sick, and I got sick. I got bit by a uh, tick on a surf trip. I got Lyme disease, which is just a little bacteria that Lyme gives you. Mm. And so I just I got really, I was bedridden for like probably year and a half, two years. And ever since then, I've been I've been clawing my way back. That was five years ago. Still coming back from it, and so I have not been able to travel as much as I'd like. So no, I've been around here for a couple of years now. Now you say that, you know, you share that calmly, but you were in bed a year, essentially a year and a half. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, a post from you and you were like, heads up, I've been dealing with, I had no clue. Um, that's unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. in, any, any particular takeaways from that experience i mean i've i've got to imagine knowing you you've kind of dissected the experience (laughs) and glad you're doing better my lord oh thanks man yeah yeah it's nice to nice to feel life in my body again be able to do some of the things that i like to do again and have a relationship again you know it's Mm -hmm. it's it's really good um yeah it's worse i mean i was living my parents i I couldn't even cook for myself you know so it got pretty got pretty pretty bad there for a bit takeaways takeaways um i mean there's so many man i mean uh probably the biggest is that the reality is why i got sick is i was avoiding some of the uncomfortable emotions i didn't want to feel around a breakup and around my self-worth and stuff like that and that was Mm -hmm. driving me to take a lot of unsustainable actions in my life um including traveling around a lot and partying and chasing Mm -hmm. women for validation and and uh bunch of stuff like that and healthy eating just like ran myself into the ground right and so the tick ended up being the thing that you know gave me this specific bacteria but if i was healthy it might not have i might not have got me you know if i was taking care of myself and so for me you were compromised i was compromised yeah and uh so for me what really led to my health was not only unwinding the physical health but also you know really working on the emotional health really trying to you know, befriend that anxiety and, and, and befriend the different feelings that I had around stuff in my life and, and get some of that out. And the more I do that, the lighter I feel and the better my health does. Did you get, I talk a lot about depersonalization and, and disassociation. Did you get into, did, did your body go into the panic attacks and, oh, yeah. and some, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, in that stage, because like, you know, again, back to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like if you're sick and bedridden, especially at like 32, you know, as a man, when you, that's the time when you're supposed to be hitting your stride and like out there achieving, like to lose, to go from all that being a relatively high achieving, like popular male to being like, you know, alone in your parents' basement mm. at 32. Yeah, it was, it was really tough to deal with, especially since there was, I had no healthy outlets for the anxiety and the frustration, you know, I couldn't go run it off like a lot of people do or hit the punching bag or hit the weights, you know? So yeah, I I dealt with panic attacks. I dealt with all that stuff. Yeah. Do you get guys, my mind just jumps to this because I mean, you're so relatable given your experience, you obviously uh, on any group you participate or facilitate, I've got to imagine your own experience. You've got a lot to offer. Do you also get guys who, you say, you know, something you need a little bit more. You need a little one-on-one right now. Um, th- that basically their needs are not met through men's group. Um, 
No, there are guys who like we encourage them to work with counselors. We encourage them yeah. to work with psychotherapists. Like, it's a different animal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the consistent work with a professional like that is very important because it helps you understand your patterns better. It relies upon science, like research, you know. Versus a men's group is like, um, you know, talking things through, getting stuff off your chest, which is also a therapist, but. It's, it's what a lot of guys do. They like to take what they've learned in therapy, which is like in sort of a vacuum, right? It's one person's take on it. And they like to bounce it off the guys and then integrate it that way. Wow. And so, so it kind of goes back and forth. And most guys that are in men's group also have some sort of a counselor, a therapist, or coach going on. Uh, not, all, not all, but um, it's not just one or the other, you know? And so we don't ever – we rarely, very rarely, there's only been one or two instances where people are like, this isn't enough for me. I need this. Um, usually they leave because they feel better or because the group helped them get back to a place where they feel like they don't need it or there are schedule changes or whatever, you know, life happens. You know, when I reached out, I thought to myself, it seems like things are going good for me. And I've had many, many bad years. So, I'm, but um, I don't want to, I don't want the car to break down before I take it to the shop. I want to do that regular maintenance and have these elements in place that, uh, a lot of the great thinkers ag- agree as far as community or group of men or support. Uh, that needs to be in place anyway. Yeah, it does. You Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, going back to your point on your relationship with your wife and needing to have sources outside that, it's really important that we have community in place because I see a lot of men who are going through divorces where once their divorce happens, they're in shambles. They have a really hard time, um, which is understandable emotionally, but it's worse for them because they looked around and there's nobody around because they made their wife their only source of intimacy, Man. connection, and support. And so they're just they're, they're flailing, you know? <laughs> and it's just not healthy to put that much need for support on somebody. It's a lot of pressure. It's not good for the relationship, but it's also not a good, it's a risky position to be putting all your eggs in that one basket. Um, I like your recipe of like working through things in therapy or in a men's group and then bringing the fruits of that back to your wife, back to your kids. Back well said. To yeah. Well said. You talk. Oh, I didn't sidetrack you there. <laughs> no, no. Um, you talk a lot about, you know, we mentioned some common things that men face. I was reading your blog, which is awesome, um, loneliness. Um, and I've got to, so we've got loneliness. What are the common issues? Loneliness, mm-hmm. divorce, uh, relationships, career, mm-hmm. and boundaries. And, and boundaries. These are, so there are a number of common things that kind of repeat, it seems. All the time. How to make male friends. Where to access healthy male role models. That gets asked like every single week. Uh, also, things like porn addiction. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's one that comes up every week in every group. Um, it's incredible how many men uh, can, relate, can relate to that one. Uh, yeah, communication issues, just not knowing how to com- express their emotions in a way that they'd like, you know? I had I had a group today. It's it's funny. I've got a group of of seventh graders, and I run a number of groups inside the school. And uh, there's one student who actually reached out and booked calendar booked a group in my office with uh, a few other guys. Great. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have to make myself available if you're gonna take the time to do this. 
Yeah. Uh, be- because I can, uh, there's a number of hats that I'm wearing during the day. And, and one of the things we spoke about in our, our guys group today, um, they started, they wanted to talk about, well, a number of things, family and challenges at home, self-esteem. These are guys and um, girls. And so one of the com- things I brought up is, hmm, what kind of what kind of boyfriend do you want to be in the coming years? And and the thing I I've noticed as a school counselor, this is n- year number three for me, is connection. It's almost as if connecting face to face, or as we're doing now, which is pretty darn good, right? Um, it there's a deficit and and a great need right there to look someone in the the, the face, get to know them. Find out who they are, what they care about, and support each other. And you saw that years ago. That's incredible. I stumbled into it years ago. I didn't see anything. I'm going to say you had the foresight like a genius to figure this out years ago. <laughs> I had a g- magical genie in a lamp told me to. No, no, I just I just stumbled into it. Well, it, I, I think if I recall from reading a little bit about your story, you were looking for to create for yourself what you you wanted and you did and then realized oh there's a great need for this do i have that correct yeah it was wild i was living in another country and um i had friends there that i could surf with and but you know when you're foreign in another country the relationships can only go so deep because you can only get so good at the language in a certain amount of time so i I couldn't pick up on the intricacies of humor and some of the like cultural jokes and stuff and 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 my, so my friends, the conversations wouldn't go that deep. So I was living this great looking life on Facebook in this, you know, tropical beach yeah. surf life. And everybody thought I was living the dream with a beautiful partner and a business and stuff. But like, I was really, I was quite lonely, you know? And so I decided to throw my friends into a Facebook group, which was a new thing at the time. Mm-hmm. They aren't annoying and, you know, <laughs> dead people don't dislike Facebook in the way that they do now. Um, and men and women, I invited both, just a bunch of my friends. And the women didn't engage whatsoever, and the men were like, "Whoa, I, this is great! I don't get, I don't get conversations like this." And it was guys in London and New York and small yeah. towns and all, all, all these different countries of the world. I was shocked that they felt the same way. I thought it was little, only little old me isolated in the small town and you know another country. And so, um, yeah, that's how I stumbled into it. That's incredible. It makes me think of have you, there's you know Shia LaBeouf, the actor. I saw an interview with him about a year ago, and he's got a theater company that he developed somewhere south of Los Angeles. He's being interviewed, and they said, why'd you do this? He goes, because I was lonely as F. You know, uh, <laughs> And uh, they were like, didn't you make some friends along the way, all those movies? And he was like, hey, man, listen, what is projected of me on screen is kind of different than perhaps the way I feel, which also reminds me, when I was in Los Angeles and uh, attempting to be an actor, that I remember going, I seem to be more interested in projecting ex- an experience than having an experience. And now that I've had the, comp- you know, what's interesting too is when you have that shift of I'm not so much worried about what other people think as as about what I'm actually doing and kind of being about my purpose and the people in my community, it, it, you, you're that much more attractive, right? Mm-hmm. It's It's a weird yeah. paradox in so many ways. Yeah, it really is, and, and nobody teaches us how to be that way. So, do you have, do you have like a, a cap out number for men's group, or do you have just the ability to to continue growing? 
Oh, we have the ability to continue rowing, yeah. Um, one of the surprising elements of mensgroup.com is that, you know, I have, no, I have no clinical background in this. I fell literally ass backwards into it. And, and after, you know, I, like I, I was taking these entrepreneurs on adventure trips and I thought we were going to we do the adventure for a couple of days and I thought we talked about business, but then the guys would bond over the adventure. And then the last day when we sit in a circle, the first guy up will go, my wife just had three miscarriages in a row. She's depressed. I have no idea how to support her. I want to be there for her, but I'm completely confused. What do I do? Has anybody mm. been in through like this? And then he'd start crying. And these are like a type millionaire, young entrepreneurs, you know, and they're, they want to go into that stuff. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Um, so I fell into this, and I didn't want to be in this. <laughs> Even in the break in between that men's group that I started in, this mensgroup.com, there's a little gap there of six months where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do it. I was like, ah, I don't really want to be that guy. I want to be something <laughs> cool. Maybe I could be an influencer on Instagram or something, you know, something cool. But then I, then I realized this is just me, you know, and why fight it? Um, and so what's been surprising about this project is that I thought therapists and counselors and psychologists would be reaching out going, you can't do this. You don't have any training or you're going against the system or whatever. But in reality, I've actually been getting tons of emails supporting um, what I'm doing, saying, yes, this is what men need. We need to make it approachable. We need to get them talking. Man, there is. Um, Go ahead, and, 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 and they're also offering to they're offering to get involved in lead groups and stuff like that. So I'm excited because I can have people more qualified than me and more trained than me in, in peer support to like run groups moving forward. So you know, the, the, the number of men we can we can uh, you know, have in our community is uh, endless. That's that's really cool that the uh, therapy community counselors are because most counselors go into that that field because they're looking to help people and they probably can see that what you're doing and get and by grouping people together in a positive community is extremely helpful but yeah what i was about to say is it, even in my school here there's a stigma at least when i started about seeing the counselor and as as if um that means you have something not going right um, which uh, unfortunately sometimes we have to prioritize those students who are in some sort of crisis. Um, yeah. But if if a student winds up in my office, um, we may, I'll give you an example. I was speaking with uh, a girl yesterday and we just start kind of talking, do a little vision work about what the future may look like. It, it can be very relaxed and very fun. And there is the counselor historic psychoanalysis who's going to stare at you when you walk in the room and you're supposed to start talking which by the way uh, a lot of evidence suggests that is helpful only to a point <laughs> um yeah yeah i don't know why and the, i don't the, and the last few questions like oh, tell me about your father what's your relationship like with your mother so go straight to that stuff Oh my gosh, man! And you know, there's maybe there's a small place in there somewhere where where it is. Hey, look, there's a possibility that some of the patterns driving your life now started back at home. Let's take a minute and explore that world. But that's like the traditional counsel, and and a lot of those still exist. And I'm like, you're telling me I'm going to pay $150 an hour for what am I really getting? I remember. So I had. I went to Landmark, you know, Landmark Education. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, went, I, I went to 12 yeah. Step. I, I had a ton of books and a number of therapists. And um, I got I got to say, now I'm a counselor, school counselor. 
to to uh, specify that um, I, there there are some weird counselors out there in my world, um, even some who are supposed to specialize in anxiety. And that's my next question for you: and is the the Lyme disease period is that the highest uh, anxiety period you had in your life? Oh yeah, I'd say it was. But just go back to your counselor point quickly. Yeah. Being a counselor doesn't absolve you of your own issues, right? And a oh. lot of counselors in particular, I've observed, many counselors, they're, they're so um, involved in their clients, um, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, ongoings or, uh, you know, issues or, or, or topics that they, they're, they're exhausted when they get home at the end of the day and they don't yes. want to do it. They, they don't have the capacity you know, they, they have um, compassion fatigue and these things. They, they might not have the capacity to work on themselves. And so they're just like every other human, right? And so there's a lot of strange ones out there. There's a lot of ones who maybe shouldn't be counselors. Whereas you, Wesley, I think you have more of a similar trajectory to me where you, like, you are a counselor. Like, your mm. personality type is you're just so sweet and so supportive, and you always have been, and you're a great listener, and you ask great questions, and you're likable. And I think that I'm somewhere in that territory as well, and I think we both just resisted that um, <laughs> for, for many years trying to do other things, you know? But I, I see what you're doing now, and I'm like, yes. But there's a lot of people where it doesn't, you know, there's stuff, there's, they might be stuffy or older, they might not have lived, they might not, I want to, I want to, I want to find somebody that shares my values, and they are out there, you know? Yeah. So it's, just, it's just about finding the right one. Somebody who feels like a friend. It's so important. Yeah. And sorry, oh, sorry, sir. And so I, I, I got off topic there. The anxiety uh, topic. Uh, any thoughts on the counselor point? No, that, that that's a hundred percent it. And and I have noticed a difference. Um, in uh, most students aren't uh, afraid to say, "Hey, when are we going? Are we talking this afternoon?" Because I talk to everybody, and some are super serious, and some need just a. Hello, and I, you know, uh, I know who you are, and you care, and that's enough. And what I was going to say about anxiety is, when you were in that that heavy spot, you know, dependent on your parents with this health issue, Lyme disease. Um, how did you find yourself? How did you crawl out of that? Oh man, mental mental yeah. state in addition to physical, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that was the darkest period in my life. Probably will be. I, I hope it will be. I'm sure I'll have more dark periods, but not as low as that because, like, everything was felt like it had been taken away, right? Like, relationship, friends, business. I lost my business. Um, a lot of people don't know that. A hmm. um, bunch of other stuff like that. And so how did I crawl back from that? I think it was like I got lucky because there was something in me, some kind of resolve that wouldn't, didn't identify with what I was going through. Um, I had moments where it was overwhelming and weeks and where it was overwhelming, but like I would always find, try to find the positive. Um, I'd always try to find something I could create out of it. That's number one. And then number two, more importantly, I had two or three friends or I found two or three friends who were going through the same thing or something similar. Yeah. I met a girl at a conference a few years back similar to how we met our mutual friend. I met him at a conference, um, work conference, who, uh, who had traumatic brain injury. And so we would, we had similar symptoms, a lot of neurological stuff, a lot of headaches and fatigue and stuff. And so we, we, we just talked every day. And I have another friend who was going through some chronic illness stuff as well. And, and so those people got me through those hard times. Without them, I don't know if I would have made it out. 
you found people who were also going through a challenging situation and you leaned yeah. on each other and then you thought about like the the silver lining in the end, the, the positive through it. And I think Viktor Frankl says, hey, you don't have to go through something really hard like Lyme disease, for example, in order to have a perspective and be uh, passionate about a certain cause. But but if you do, you might as well use it and <laughs> you might as well make it count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, you know, I need to be clear, like during that time, there was no positive, right? It just hurt and I felt lonely and I felt angry that this was happening to me. Um, so for me, the big, the biggest one was, and, and then it's just trying to continue to take whatever little steps I could to work on my health. You know, I was seeing a counselor. I was doing somatic therapy to try to get out some of the frustrated feelings since I couldn't do that through exercise. Um, different things like that. But honestly, those two or three friends that I literally talked to every day, I'd spend two, three, four hours on the phone with each of them and they would pass the days. And I, I felt less alone that isolation created pressure, like dealing with those things alone, man, that, that just would ramp my anxiety. So when I talked to a friend and just, they were there, just let me, let me get it out. You know, that was just, uh, honestly, that's what got me through it. One of my models for an ingredient, you know, ingredients I need in each day come from the great Neil Strauss. I talked oh, about yeah. this. Uh, the uh, what's his book? The Pickup Artist. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, the The Game or something like the that. The Game. The Game. Yeah. Um, the Game. But he did say some really profound things, and he's kind of like a philosopher. And it's it, I got to have some movement. I need to work my body. I've got to do some work. And and even on a Sunday. Uh, and Saturday, I need a, I need to work. It's that's just my personality, and I have to do some social and every day. And I actually try. I always get those things in. I get my, I prime my brain. I do my medica- my meditation or mindfulness. And that was the next thing because I did uh, a podcast about a gentleman who changed his morning routine and he got these incredible results. And I'll, this is kind of the last thing I think for me. Your day, you're this you're out there, you're bringing it in life. Is there a structure you put in each day or how you go about working with groups and developing? And Like my own personal routine? Yeah. Man, I mean, that this is something that I'm still trying to work with, with my anxiety. Because my, my anxious tendencies show up in like a pressure loop, like a high achieving loop. Ah. Like I need to get things done. And from the outside, it's like, wow, Sean's doing these meaningful projects and um, you know, oh, he's just a driven entrepreneur and he likes to do, you know, unique things and follow his dreams or whatever. And that's true to an extent, but a lot of it's driven from like, you know, uh, um, was used to be driven by low self-worth a lot. And now it's like fear of being sick again or fear of whatever fear of failure. And so, so there's a lot of like drive energy in me and a lot of self pressure I put on myself. And so that can throw my routine out the window a lot of days because I wake up and I'm like, oh, I got to do all these things. And often I overcommit and then, yeah. you know, take on too many projects and, you know, and, and um, that's happening right now. Like I'm building men's group, which is a very uh, energy consuming endeavor. I just bought a van to convert over the winter so my girlfriend and I could do surf trips. That's why my hands are all dirty. I was working on the, the van. I was painting it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, can talk about that later yeah man and but that's a lot of work too you know and then i've got to do all the other things that you mentioned and and um so it's an always a work in progress typically same as you i wake up 
wake up at about seven, you know, I'll move my body. I'll do a meditation, 20 minutes, you know, I'll drink some water. I'll go walk the dog around the block. One thing that I love doing and I typically do every day is called my kind father conversation. So this is a great book called Becoming the Kind Father. It talks about how it's not a very well-known book, but it just talks, it's this lawyer who talks about how he didn't have a father and, and, and well, he did, but he wasn't a healthy person. He was very, you know, disapproving and mm. just like, you know, not supportive. So he goes for a walk every morning and has the conversation with himself from a fictional figure who is this kind, supportive father. So he's basically parenting himself. He talks through whatever challenges he's facing. He like, you know, he, he gives himself approval. Um, so I'll do that. And that's been very beneficial for me. Amazing. Um, yeah. And then, and then I work until, you know, mid afternoon and then I'll typically go and kite surf or surf or go work on the van or whatever. So the, the kind father piece, it's yeah. almost as if you have, you create the father you wish you would have had and have him ask questions that, that he perhaps should have. Yeah. It sounds cheesy, but this is how it is in the book. Like, you know, you basically, I basically thought about who feels like that in my life. And I have one friend who's a little bit older and he's very wise, much wiser than me and everybody else I know. And the, and he's just like sweet and supportive. Um, and so I think about him and, uh, so I'll go for a walk and I'll literally just have a conversation with myself. It's like, Hey Sean, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, pretty good. And he'll be like, why pretty good? <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I got in a, I kind of got in a fight with my girlfriend the other day and I didn't really like what I said. And he'll be like, man, these things happen. I mean, relationships are about that. There's going to be conflict, you know, but what, what could you have done better there? How would you like to have shown up? And he's like, he's like coaching me and supporting me and being excited for me in the way that my dad never did. And my, my friends can't, you know, it's like nobody else is going to be there for me in that way. And I don't know how to be for myself in that way. And so I needed a fictional character to like get to that point to build a like supportive mindset, you know, man, that's, that's profound. Actually, the, conversations we have with ourselves I'll, I'll ask people all the time you know what would an older you or what would you say to the little you kind of thing uh, in this situation or mm. can we the conversations we have with ourselves are kind of make up a huge part of our outlook and our experience I'll give you an example and I didn't uh, I don't quite do that but I do play the 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 prosecutor defendant kind of situation and different oh, yeah. and i'm like oh you've been a lazy piece of shit today wes and then i go hey whoa not so fast and and i'll <laughs> do the other one i actually had this about two years ago and i journaled and it made me really laugh i thought i uh, i was sick and i was so frustrated this was about three years ago i said and and i got it down on paper and at the root of it was you have wasted a whole year you've earned very little money this year you have sat around and done nothing and then i went is that true is that actually true or is this yeah, my weird yeah, yeah is this my weird need to beat myself up this weird pattern thinking in which i get some sort of sick demented payoff from and then i went hang on okay so you drove across the country you started a new job you put a down payment on a house. You started grad school, and I listed, it and I went. Actually, the 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 you know the verdict's in. This may be the most productive year of your life, even though financially yeah. it doesn't show um, just now. But you're putting all of these things in place, so it's. I'm like, I 
I learned, and this what this makes me a good friend and husband, because in any scenario, I'm willing to ask myself, I'm probably wrong. Like it's yeah. high, <laughs> it's highly likely I may be off because I have a history of needing more help than most people to simply function in life and to get through. And when students and when I talk to students, they're like, "Oh, you're you're weird." Like, oh, you're one of me. Okay, cool. Let's go. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah, you're just a normal person with all your quirks and you know intricacies and strengths and weaknesses. You know, everybody's like that. No, it's so weird too. I had a, I had someone ask me, "Oh, so you're not like a stable person?" And I said, "Listen, I manage. Okay, I manage my stability, but I have a history of not stable. And I, if if you think that you're odd, I can out weird you any day of the week if you want to swap stories. You know. Um, yeah. And my time spending, the time I spent with these high-achieving entrepreneurs who became celebrities, like I saw that even the most polished people behind the scenes in their private life are managing. Like, there's very few people who have it easy emotionally, mentally. Like, there are the odd individual I've come across where they just like won the mindset emotional lottery. Their parents just taught, happened to teach them in the right way, and they happened not to create the right meanings around the right things. They didn't take a lot of what happened to them personally. Some of the setbacks that did happen when they were younger, um, and it's, you know, kids don't have reasoning when they're young, so mm-hmm. that's a bit of a wild card. What you put reason, what you put meaning on, what you don't, and 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 they they kind of breathe through life. But that's like one out of the hundred thousand people I've met in my lifetime. You know, <laughs> everybody else is managing. Some of those people with the podcasts we listen to, the books we read, the TV shows we watch, the Netflix producers. It's like behind the scenes, they're all managing their own little unique chaos. Absolutely. And and every I've heard it said this way. Everybody also has their cup of suffering. Whether it appears like they've got it all now, they'll every person. If you're a person, congratulations. You're going to have some sort of trial, and and stop this the weird comparison um, myself to my former self or my future self or another person. Friend groups. You were talking about the activities and the excursions that kind of now does the that's the the base of your current model. Are well, you... it's not. It's not now. It was before in the previous men's group. Now we're just online. We do online meetings. That's it. See, that's what I. I should have said it that way. In your previous yeah, sure group, am. all of these live meetups. Is there any demand for that right now from your current group members? Uh, they are. There is in the sense that we place them in these online groups, and we've done a real good job of matchmaking. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, "Wow, these are my people," and they've had these beautiful conversations over the last year, opening up about all the topics we mentioned before and beyond and they've just really become support pillars in each other's lives. They look forward to the meetings. And so they'd like, they really want to meet up, you know, they really want to meet up in person. And so this is the first point where I'm like considering to do in-person events because Hmm. I switch, I switch, I switch from online or in person to online because the, the downside with the online is that people are busy. People have different financial needs, and some they can't always make it to in-person events. Most yeah. people cannot because they have too much going on. And I want to help as many guys as possible. I want to create a safe space for guys to talk wherever they may be. And we have a guy who's in uh, Nunavut in the very north of the Arctic, like up in this North Pole with Santa. He's like up there, and he's calling in. We have a guy who called Man. in from jail. We have a guy coming in from Cape Town. We have guys in Luxembourg and French Guinea and Mumbai and all these crazy places. Wow. Um, and that's that's what I wanted to achieve. And 
um, it's been beautiful because you realize that all the guys are facing the same issues. That's just, that's cool stuff, man. I'm, it's, I'm glad that it's, it's spread. It's global. Yeah. 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 So, so there is a, there is a special sparkle to in person. Of course, like Wes, I'd love to sit across from you right now. That'd be better, you know, like we used to. Um, but right now with COVID and, and also, uh, I see myself having a bigger impact doing the online thing because I can get more guys into it. Especially, we're getting a lot of guys coming to us where it's the first men's group. And I think that we're having a great impact on men by showing them, giving them a little taste of like, oh, talking about things is positive. It feels good. It helps my relationship. It helps me be a better father. Like, that's the goal for me. That's my mission. So online is the best way to do that right now, you know? And you recharge on the weekends, and one way you do that is windsurfing? Kite surfing, yeah. Kite surfing, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Windsurfing's the sail where you're standing up beside it. It's like in front of your face. Uh-huh. Kite surfing's the one where it's a big sail up in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, but we we hike a lot, and we, um, you know, I don't know. We go. We take the dog for walks along the water, and we, we ride our bikes, and, you know. Where's Where's the van trip? Van trips are just around BC, you know, BC, the West coast of Canada, right above Seattle. You know, we have a lot of nature, a lot of mountains, a lot of lakes, a lot of uh, ocean coastline. So just for, just for going and spending weekends instead of spending on expensive Airbnbs, we can just go and camp somewhere, you know? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I hope you, I hope you post some pictures of it once it's, it's ready to rock. I'll send you some after this. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Is there anything about, uh, men's group, or anything else you want to get that I did not ask or anything else you want to kind of get off your chest? I think it's just that no matter what you're going through, there are people out there who are going through, going through the exact same thing. There are no new problems. You know, you look back at the, the wisdom that people have recorded through the ages and different, different times in, in human history, like Marcus Aurelius, the leader of the Roman Empire was writing about the exact same things that we're facing today. Oh, I feel anxious because I have pressure on me. Oh, I'm having these family conflicts. Oh, I didn't set boundaries for this person. Now I'm doing this thing I don't want to do, right? And so to think that you're the only one with your problems, it's just not true. Um, just realize that society is pushing us away from connection, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, look at how cities are designed. They're designed, they're built for distraction. I can go from movie theater to arcade to, you know, to shopping mall to like, I can stand underground the whole time and, and avoid my feelings and avoid my internal experience and making progress with that stuff. And that's the stuff that really moved the needle for me and feeling better. Right. So I would encourage people to get what, get access to whatever tools they need, a counselor in their school, um, you know, a, a yeah. psychotherapist books, podcasts, spiritual practices, uh, retreats, you know, seminars, anything that's appealing to you, any modality you want to choose and just, Start to explore that inner world that you have because those feelings and that, that are built up inside of you, the, 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 the tendencies that you have, this great learning around there that can make you feel better on a day-to-day basis. And so I would just encourage people, implore people to just like, you know, use the tools that are available, whatever they may be. Man, that's well, very well said. And it makes me think about Joe Rogan who had this model of when TV was you know three minutes and you're on to the next scene or 30 seconds he sets down with guests for three hours and it 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 seems like people kind of pour over that to really 
listen to two individuals get to know each other on a really personal level. There's nothing scripted. They're fully being themselves. Yeah, it's all, that's the other thing is the pretending. I need to pretend to be X image out here. Um, I, just, I love it, man. I look forward to starting. When am I, when am I getting going with this? Well, let's just talk about that image thing, right? Because like for human history, that wasn't really as much of a thing. There was hierarchy and there was kings and stuff like that in different tribes. But, you know, it's like that's a relatively new thing in the last couple hundred years, like presenting yourself as doing better than you are, hiding your troubles. Like my understanding of human evolution is that for most of human evolution, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of years, we lived in little huts with our entire family. Yes and other families and we'd share all those intimate moments and those family fights and you know intimacy intimacy under the same roof and parenting decisions and all those things we'd be talking through them we'd be sharing them you know and then it's not until the you know agricultural revolution and the or the industrial revolution come along where that just all changed and so we're not we're not built for it you know and unfortunately society's continuing to go in the other way it feels like you know instead of exactly what you see on Joe Rogan, just sitting down and engaging in conversation and just being real about how you're feeling about things. You know, Joe does a good job of that. He's not afraid to share how he's feeling. You know, he'll tell you if he's anxious or sad or Joe's yeah. a guy who goes there. It's great. Yeah. That we need more of that. You, you know who he is. And I have to ask about this. His thoughts come to my head. The yeah. uh, nutrition, did your diet change? Because this is also a component of health and, and, in a lot of ways did your diet change with with lyme disease at all yes it did it it cleaned up definitely and i got to know i studied nutrition because i realized it's such a big part of it now for me and this is a sensitive subject uh, i still struggle with that part of it i eat cleaner than the average person um but and i have, I have a deep knowledge in, in nutrition because i've been flying to see the top doctors and that kind of stuff but Man, my when I feel anxious, when I feel sad, when I feel tired, what I was modeled when I was young and the pattern that I had for 35 years was reach for a slice of pizza, you know, get some ice cream, yeah. get a bag of chips and just numb out. Now, you could argue that that's better than heroin or hookers or gambling, <laughs> right? Like out of all the vices, it's kind of the most wholesome, but it's still not great for me. So that's, that's an, something I manage ongoing, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I've, I've, I'm tinkering around with nutrition from an aspect of energy. It's like I feel I'm 38. I know. Don't look a day over 35. I feel you. But don't look a day over 42. <laughs> just you always look young, Wesley. Yeah, especially young energy. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I I tinker around with those those foods, particularly for for energy. Uh, I, yeah. Coffee doesn't give me the jitters. It actually kind of has a calming effect for me. Um, nice. Though I do have to manage alcohol. Um, I had I okay last weekend. I go up to the uh, a little place on the river in Knoxville. There's a row a row of breweries, and I'm gonna tell you what I felt amazing. I stopped in. How many beers did I? How, what did I have? One. Because nice. I'm I'm such a lightweight, I rarely do it. Literally one beer a month, a glass of wine here and there. But anyway, um, I do have to manage that. And um, but 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 I got you. You're you're saying with your going what you've you've been through with Lyme, you know what to eat, but it's still a challenge to follow through to do what you know to do there. 
Yeah, and that speaks to how deep these patterns are and how hard it is to change and why we need to reach for these tools like therapy or counselors or men's groups because it's like it's real like real change, like actual habit change and especially changing the, the, the darkest habits that we don't like about ourselves. It's really hard. Like I basically lost my life for a couple of years, yeah. lost everything, and I'm still, you know, having trouble changing that habit. And so yeah um you know that speaks to the power of these things i yeah. have on my my evening plan oh go ahead sorry i was just gonna say and it's funny because like booze like i was a professional dj for a lot of years as you know before i got into men's groups i was working the nightclub scene and the party scene and the festival scene and getting to travel all over the place and do that and i had access to all the drugs and all the booze and i didn't have any of it you know, I'd, I'd had the odd drink just to fit in. And there were some nights where I had a couple of drinks. But, you know, I've had a bottle of gin up on my counter that somebody brought over, like, before COVID started when we had when, when we had a group dinner. And it hasn't been touched. And it can just sit there, man. But you put a, you put a bag of M&Ms or, uh, you know, a bag of chips up there. It's gone in, it's gone in 15 seconds. So oh, everybody man. Just has their own, everybody just has their own vice, you know? It's so hard. Too. It's so hard. Food, bad food especially, is so good. Yeah, well, I, I'm happy I went through this because I can relate to people that that are alcoholics and are in 12-step or people that get into heroin or, you know, I, I understand the, the, that feeling, that compulsion, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if if I lean into it as well, also, if I say forget my diet, then, then there's a, oh, wait, I don't have to now eat the whole bag of chips. Uh, I have that same conversation as we talked about earlier. Um my night, so it's it's eight p.m. here. What do you what do you got there? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Okay, um, I've got uh, the Haunting of Bly Manor Netflix show. I'm watching. It's it's not the best, but it's it's pretty good. It's it's pretty fun and a little walk. What's what's the rest of the night for you? You got more groups to run or what? No, today the groups are done. Luckily, um, yeah, I got a lot of groups going on right now. So looking forward to handing some of those off to some. People are more, more qualified than me. Yeah, so tonight will look like I'm going to take my dog for a walk because it looks like a lovely sunset. And then I need to put some windows in my van because it looks like there's uh, some rain coming and I just cut some holes or some windows. And then I'll play some music with a, with a friend. We'll just play some guitar, mess around like that. And um, I'm trying to get off the Netflix now because that's another thing that I was using just to numb out my life, you know. The odd show here or there, fine, but I'd go like, Oh, one, two, three. Oh, four. oh, why not four? Five episodes an evening. And now it's 1 a.m. 1 a.m. and I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, uh, I'm trying to stay off of it right now. My my bed, it's 8 o'clock. My bedtime goal to be in bed this week because I get so tired is 9 p.m. But listen, it really means a lot to me that you would do this. And I my goal every week is to share something that I think may be helpful for people. And I get a kick out of doing this myself. But thank you for making the time. My goodness. How cool. <clears throat> Dude, well, I was just really excited to connect with you again. And, and when I found out you were a school counselor now, I was like, yes, that makes so much sense. You're just, you're, you're, you're such a great supportive personality, you know? And so, you know, I checked out the podcast and I was like, yes, this does make sense. I want to be on here. And I, I want to support what you're doing, so I can't wait to post it on our blog and share with our you know readers what what you're up to. I have to share this because somebody asked the other day uh, a, yeah. a teacher, and thank you for that, man. It does make sense, and it is a fit. It is a legit fit. Um, uh, a teacher said, "Hey, I found you on YouTube. What, what's the bullseye thing?" And the story for me is 2015. 
<clears throat> I did a uh, a voiceover, paid fantastic. I win a game show, fifty thousand. <clears throat> Fifty thousand dollars. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, this is twenty fifteen, end of the year, yeah. um, and then I had the biggest depression. Uh, it's the first. I, I came out well for one, and there were some other uh, areas of income, and and I thought I either pour this back into uh, performing, and and I had the biggest breakdown and panic of my life. Went into a big disassociative state, um, and then I said, "Hang on." And I, I got some clarity here, and I used it actually to transition without having to beg for money. So uh, it turned out to be a good move in, in grad school. I knew mental health, and then I talked to a professor, which is a, a new tenant I picked up, one of my new kind of philosophies in life. Be open to what people around you on your, that you trust have to say. If they give you an idea, consider it. And a professor who I really appreciated said, I see school counseling more in line for you. Plus, you have some history with kids. What the heck are you doing? Why would you do the mental health route as, a, as opposed to school's counselor? So it's going well. That's great. But, but um, I mean, who, who knows? Uh, I just try not to mess it up. Let's end on that note, partner. You're awesome. So are you, man. And, and uh, you know, people can get at me through mensgroup.com. You can shoot us an email there. And I, I'm happy to help out. Or if anybody has any questions about men's groups, I'd be happy to answer. Uh, we have a free men's group that people can try out to see how it feels, you know. And I'd love to uh, love to support you, Wesley, however I can with you know you you getting involved in launching some groups as well. Hey, and it, absolutely, I'm moving toward the anxiety groups. And if if anybody goes to uh, men's group and because they heard this podcast, can you imagine how good that would make me feel if they're like, I heard this and now I'm coming to, I would be like, yes. <laughs> that would yeah, be awesome i agree yeah. yeah yeah so together we're making a difference yeah that's great man talk well, to you later sean yeah look forward to it see you man okay there goes sean i just clicked off the meeting and let's debrief together shall we i got a little nervous at the beginning uh before, when i was setting up all of the the gear is it going to be you know what if I have a malfunction, a technology piece? Is my Zoom going to work? Um, but no, we'll we'll leave it at that, man. It's it's a big honor to have have somebody like Sean give the time to share what he's up to. I don't do many of these, although I want to do more interviews because it's much more fun, much more uh, conversations anyhow. But man, that's a big deal. Sean is he comes across. Uh, obviously very humble very genuine and uh, man he's he's out there really bringing it is authentic and genuine genuine as you're going to get so i may see one of you all you all on those groups i don't know i don't know where i'm going to be placed but i am going to try it i remember uh, as as we've been talking the past few months i said to myself really one of my growth goals is community and then i've got this opportunity that's what i was just telling Sean. be open to opportunity Come on, that's an opportunity, and be willing to invest. At, at this is how I'm talking to myself here because my his, historically with money, I was a what's the opposite of prosperity, a scarcity type of guy. Now we keep it prosperity. I'm out. Bye.